Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Go with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Um, if you got a Bible, before you turn there, just, just throw it up in the air. If you got a Bible, throw it up in the air. All right, all right, all, all, all my Bibles at some cell phones. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, if you got a Bible, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Uh, we're in part two of a two-part series. Brad, did you listen to the podcast last week? You didn't listen to the podcast, bro? Bro, you uploaded the podcast. Oh, bro, you didn't? Who uploaded it? Oh, did, did anybody upload it? You, you, who uploaded it? Is it there? Yeah, you did. Okay. Um, Brad, you got to go listen to the podcast because I, I gave you a huge shout out. I love the graphic you created. I want to make it a painting and put it on my wall. Um, so shout out, shout out to you. But we're in this two-part series, Peace Be Still. And in case you weren't here or last week you, you fell asleep, like, so there's stuff you can do in youth group you cannot do like in big people church. And um, I was preaching on Sunday morning this past Sunday and uh, second service, literally, like I'm not even to like the, the first scripture. Like, I, like I'm so like five minutes in the message and I look over and there's this guy, he's literally snoring. He's like, and I'm like, the, the youth pastor part of me is like, I want to say something so bad to make it, but I, I can't because it's adult church. Um, anyways, in case you were asleep last week, you don't remember, uh, the premise of this series is that peace, someone say peace, peace. Um, that peace actually is the will of God for your life, that peace actually is a promise from God, and that peace actually is possible. Uh, I don't have the stats, but the stats are there to verify and prove. Uh, we are living in a world and a culture where predominantly one of the issues facing all of us for all generations, all, all uh, I was going to say all ages, that is all generations, uh, everybody is dealing with this thing called anxiety, fear, worry, pressure, unsettledness. Uh, just by a show of hands so we know we're amongst friends and family tonight, if you have felt any of those things or anything like that in the last year, would you just put your hand up? Just, yeah, like that's almost everybody. And if you didn't raise your hand, it's because you also struggle with lying and uh, you're not telling the truth because it's, it's the world we live in. One of the things we said last week is that life is full of ups and downs. Like Jesus actually made us weird promises. Like, hey, guess what? <laughs> in life, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Like, way to not be encouraging Jesus. But he goes, like, just count on it. Like, in life, you will have trouble. And the, uh, the book of First Peter, Peter goes, hey, why are you surprised that you're going through trials? Like, it's a part of life. And we talked about last week, well, is it because there, there, there's a devil? Is it because we make bad decisions? Is it because it's just a fallen, broken world? All of the above. All of the above. We, you ever made a dumb choice and you paid the price? Like you made, like, this is how I can tell I'm getting older. Um, by the way, I don't want to know what you think old is because I'm sure that I classify in that category and I hate you for it. Um, but so we were having this, this, this debate before church. Um, and the debate before church, I was asking Kimberly and Matt, I was like, do you think as I get old, like 50s and 60s, will I be one of those cool old guys that like still could like talk to young people? <laughs> Jeremiah's like, nah, bro, you're not even there right now. Um, or, will, or will I be like your classic old guy, like, dude, where'd your hair go? Cool sweater vest, like, you know what I mean? Um, it's like, you just described your dad. I'm, that's not what I needed to do. This is not my intention at all. Um, 
but like, as, like as a thirty-five year, almost thirty-five year old man, like one of the bad decisions that I often make, um, and I wish I wasn't getting older, is eating like fast food late at night. Like Taco Bell just hits different past like ten p.m. Like it's just like it's just, it's different. Um, like I would never go in a Waffle House before midnight, but after midnight, it's like it becomes fine dining. Um, but if I eat, like, if I eat that late at night, it's like, oh, I'm paying for it all. And I just, my stomach hurts. I don't feel good. Um, we make bad decisions. Uh, we, we all err. We all miss it. sometimes, yeah, we make decisions that the result of it is just pain. It's hurt. It's disappointment. It's heart, it's heart heartache. Um, there's a real enemy. And the Bible goes, he's out actually to steal, kill, and destroy everything good that God has for you. He's, he's looking for every opportunity to cause pain and hurt and bring dysfunction. By the way, as part of the reason the world is the way it is, because the Bible says the whole world's under the sway or the influence of the, of, of the evil one. But then also here's the reality. We just live in, in a broken world. Sin has infected and thus affected the whole world we live in. The reality is, bad news, good news, we're all going to go through it at some point. And yet in the midst of it, there's this promise that God gives us that peace is possible. I want to read you this scripture from the New Living Translation. Uh, John 14, 27, I love the way it says in the New Living Translation, Jesus says this, I'm leaving you with a gift What's, what's that gift? Peace of mind and heart. Th- think about that for a second. What would it be like to walk through the rest of your life? What would it be like to from now until you old and you go home to be with Jesus to no matter what's happening around you, whether it's a good day or a bad day, a good season or a bad season, you have complete and total peace of mind and of heart. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. It is peace of mind and heart. And listen to this. And the peace I give as a gift, the world cannot give. We talked about this a little bit last week, like the, the, the peace of God is different than the peace the world gives because the peace the world gives is the absence of pain, isn't it? It's the absence of hurt. It's the absence of, well, you know, if, if this would just change, if this person would just leave my school, if the teacher would just get this person, exp- then I would have peace. If my mom, if my dad, if, and we have all these things that, you know, if this, then I would have. But see, the peace of God is different because it's not the absence of difficulty and pain and hurt. And so it's the presence of a good, good heavenly father who's promised he will never leave us. He will never forsake us in every season, in all seasons. He will care for us. And this is kind of what we talked about last week. I actually really would encourage you to get the podcast if you weren't here, or even just go back and listen to it again, because we talked about how there is a possibility, and we're going to get into Jesus calming storms in a minute, but there's a possibility that Jesus is more interested. Someone say more interested. That he's more interested in giving you peace in the midst of the storm than actually calming the storm. It's possible that that he's less interested in causing a great calm on the outside and he's more interested initially at bringing you a great calm on the inside. 
that he teaches us to live in a way that, that my, my peace and my joy and my, my ease of mind and heart, it's not based on what's happening around me. We, we, we kind of got an example of Jesus. He's asleep on a boat. The wind and the waves are raging, and what's Jesus doing? He is snoring. Any bra- anyone, anyone brave enough just to admit to, uh, tonight, you're a snorer? Come on, we, we, got, we got any snorers? Um, you, you snore? Okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, my son, I don't know if it's because of allergies right now, but my son, he's four years old. He's a snorer right now. And he came to, I, I felt like a terrible dad, but he came to our room, and he was trying to sleep on our floor. And um, like five minutes in, I'm like, hey, buddy, I love you so much, but you got to go to your bed. Because I, like, I can't do, I didn't tell him, but I'm like, I can't do the snoring. It's, you gotta. But G- Jesus is snoring on the boat. And we kind of landed in this thought last week that Jesus could, could be asleep on the boat because he knew he had a father in heaven who loved him. Psalm 127 says, God gives his beloved, his kids, sweet sleep. Uh, what, what I want to talk about t- tonight, and we're actually not going to read Matthew 8, but I'll kind of, you know, paraphrase it in a second. But I want to talk about tonight, um, while, while we talked about last week, Jesus giving us a great calm on the inside. I want to talk about tonight, um, the, the reality that we do serve a God who calms the storms of life, but he doesn't always do it in a way that we think he's going to do it or in a way that we want him to do it. I want to read you the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says this, uh, Paul is writing, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Have you ever felt like giving up before? Like in, like in anything? Uh, where, where, where's, where's all my gamers at? Any, any gamers, you, you video game player? Um, so I don't know this because I literally know nothing about video games. Look, I don't, I, I've, I've never been, been into games. Um, but is Halo still a thing? Like, do, do people still, okay. Show of hands, have you ever heard of Halo? Okay, because you heard of it. Um, well, when I was in high school 100 million years ago, um, Halo was like, like, a, like a big deal. And um, actually at youth group, I don't know if this was like, if the leaders knew about this, um, but we would, one of the youth leaders had a key, so at least one of them knew, and we'd do like big Halo tournaments like in the student center. And um, I, I stopped going after the first one because I was terrible at Halo. And Everybody thought it was so, so funny that I was so bad that I was the first to die every time, but I never got shot. People would run up behind me, hit me with the gun, and be like, you died again. And I'm like, I, like I, I give up. I quit. I'm, Paul goes, we don't lose heart. We're not quitting. We're not throwing in the towel. We're, we're not going to be discouraged. We're, we're, we're not ha- hanging our heads. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Listen to this. Even though outward man is perishing. It's kind of a contradiction. He, he goes, listen, guys, we're not losing heart. We're staying encouraged. We got peace and we got joy. And man, we're moving forward, even though things are getting worse. And by the way, for Paul, they actually were. Like Paul just didn't have like a bad day where someone said something bad about him on social media. Like Paul was being in prison. He was being beaten. He was constantly like almost at the point of death because of severe. Per- and he goes, guys, it's literally getting worse out here. Like our, the outward man is perishing. He says, yet, you can throw it back up there. He goes, yet, the inward man is being renewed day by day. 
Matthew chapter 8, verse 21, we won't turn there, but it's the passage we read last week, in case, again, you weren't here, there's a great storm. Anybody have ever been on a boat in the middle of a storm? I have not, but I'm sure that's probably scary. And there's a great storm. The disciples are like, we're going to die. And they wake up Jesus, and Jesus comes to, well, in, in my mind at least, to the front of the boat, maybe he wasn't, and he goes, peace be still. And a great calm happens. Here's the question or kind of the premise that I want to work from tonight. Um, it's, it's this question. Does Jesus still calm storms like that? And here, here, here's the answer that I want to give you. 100% absolutely yes. And at the same time, sometimes no. And let me tell you why. Um, let, let, let's start with, with, with the yes part because the yes part is like the part that like we can like get excited and be like, hey, I got, I got faith. And um, we serve a God who's a supernatural miracle working God that has no limits. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay, so um, like it is always God's will for you to be healed. It's always God's will for you to have everything you need and be provided for. It's always God's will for you to have wisdom. Like, like the list could go on and on and on. It's like if you said, Brandon, do you want to eat ice cream? The answer is always yes. It is always my will to kill some ice cream. It's always the will of God to take care of his kids. And so, so can God, will God, does God still calm? Absolutely he does. And I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but let me just encourage somebody who's here that you're going through something right now. God's a supernatural miracle working God. So whatever you're facing, it's not too big for God. Like God, he brought people who were dead to life again. God, God, Jesus spoke a word and people who had an incurable disease were miraculously healed. Jesus walked on water. The, the, the list can go on and on. The miracles that Jesus did. Here's the Bible says that Jesus is the same. Someone say the same. He's the same yesterday today and so someone finish it and forever. and forever so so does jesus still calm storms absolutely 100 percent. well then why did you say but sometimes no because here's the part that we, we don't we don't like to talk about sometimes um sometimes the storms that we're in and sometimes the things that are causing pain and hurt and worry and anxiety have nothing to do with us they just affect us have you ever been in the middle of something before and you didn't make the decision and you're not the one who's, who's running away? You're not the one who's doing everything that God says not to do and, and yet somehow it feels like you're the only one paying the price? Now that's probably not real, but have you ever felt like that before? Like I'm the only one who's paying the price for this right, right now. The, the reality is that we, we don't serve a God who, who designed us or treats us like robots. We just don't. There's this thing that we love it when it suits us, we hate it when it doesn't, called free will. That God doesn't just control people. That's why the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Think about that for a second. This is God. He goes, hey, just so you know, I could, but I'm not kicking this door down. I'm going to be right here. 
which, 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 by the way, some of you, you're here tonight, and currently there's areas of your life that he's standing at the door knocking. Maybe you haven't made the decision to, 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 to put your faith and trust in Jesus. I want to follow you. That's, that's you tonight. Now, Brian, I've been saved since I was three. Cool. But still, there are areas of your life. He's going, hey, I really want to help you. I really want to heal you. I really want to set you free from that secret addiction that nope, um, he stands at the door and he and he knocks. And and there are times that we find ourselves in the middle of storms, in the middle of things that are happening, and and they have nothing to do with us, and they're not decisions we can control. And I I I, I would love to stand up here and, and tell you, but you know what? If you just pray this magic prayer, it actually does control me. It, it, we can't say that because Jesus himself, right before he's crucified, he stands at the top of a hill where he can see the city and he weeps. Why, why does he weep? Because there were people that were lost, that he loved, and he said, you, you missed your hour of visit. What's it's proof that if Jesus couldn't pray a prayer, and Jesus couldn't just, that there's going to be times that we go through stuff that, God, it has nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm in the middle of their decision. Like, by the way, it, just talk about the culture and country we live in. God, I'm, I'm facing stuff at school right now. I'm facing embarrassment or persecution. God, I'm, I'm on the outside right now simply because I've put my trust in you. I live in a world and a culture who's, who's raging against everything you say is true. So does Jesus calm storms? Yes, he does. And should we pray and should we have faith that God will show up and he will work in a supernatural? Absolutely we should. Should we pray for people? Absolutely we should. Should we pray for the world? Absolutely we should. Absolutely. However, let me circle back to last week. We just can't allow our peace to be dependent on the outcome. Because like we talked about last week, peace is not what, it's not circumstantial. I'm going to read this one more time. Paul, Paul writes, he, he goes, um, even though, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, he goes, even though our outward man is perishing, things are getting worse, we don't lose heart. Why? Because the inward man, someone say the inward man. The inward man is being renewed. Now, let me just say something that's maybe going to sound a little bit arrogant. Uh, Maybe not. Um, I'm encouraging you tonight to not just listen with your ears, but to listen with your heart tonight. Because I'm going to teach you some things tonight that will really help you if you'll hear them from your heart. Because again, peace, someone say peace. Peace is a promise from God. Peace is the will of God for your life. And no matter where you, you could be in hell right now. Now, Brandon, actually, no, peace is impossible, actually, because you have no idea what I'm going. Peace is possible. Why? Because it's a promise. It's a gift that Jesus left us, not as the world gives us. It's one that Jesus left us. And it is not only the will of God, but it is possible. Here's the the title of my sermon tonight. You don't control me. 
Look at your neighbor and just as mean as you can be like, you don't control me. You, you don't control. Look at your other neighbor, your second choice. Mean as you can, just go, you don't control me. No one control. Uh, anybody besides for me, you hate being controlled. Um, anybody besides for me, you've made a decision before that you only made because it was the opposite of what someone told you to do. Come on, anybody? Anybody, have you ever been that guy that um, you turn the radio up louder because someone in your car complained about the song? It's like, oh, no, you will not control me. Like, we, we are jamming to this right now. Um, I was so embarrassed this past week. Um, we were trying to leave with our kids and our one-and-a-half-year-old, our one she's she baby Hulk. Bethany is, like, she, she needs Jesus and discipline and parenting and the whole thing. And um, when she doesn't get her way, none of our kids have done this. When she doesn't get her way, she just starts looking. Like, you, like she starts looking, and whatever she can find, she just chucks it. Um, and she, so she'll just throw it. And so, we, like, we're, we're dealing with that, kind of, because we don't really know how. Um, but, but, like, she, she didn't want to leave the other day. And so Jenny picks her up, and she, like, arches her back. And literally, she, Jenny carries her out like a sack of potatoes of church to go to the car. And Bethany is screaming, and her arms and legs are going... <laughs> and like everything about her was like, you can't control me. Um, I, I would like to say tonight, you need to be a little more like my daughter, Bethany, when it comes to how much you allow your thoughts to control you. Be, because, he, because here's the reality. 99% of the storms that we're in, while we think it's the outside, it's really the inside. The, the wind and the waves aren't really raging on the outside like we think. It's on the inside. And so much of it is our thinking. I'm going to give you three thoughts tonight again. I, I'm hoping you'll listen with your heart because this will help somebody if they will listen. Uh, number one, these are kind of lengthy thoughts, but um, it, it is what it is. Number one, um, I just want you to know this, that what's happening on the outside doesn't have to affect what's happening on the inside. Let me just say it again. What's happening on the outside right now does not have to affect what's happening on the inside. We won't read it again, but Paul writes, he goes, listen, even though the outside man is perishing, even though things are getting worse all around me, I'm good right now. But how? Because he says this, he says, because the inner man, someone say the inward man, because the inner man is being renewed day by day. Um, so how do, we, how do we renew the inner man? Well, let me tell you, it all starts, someone say starts. It all starts by taking control of our thinking and the words that we speak. I'll give you the second thought. I'm going to go kind of fast tonight. Um, but here's the second thought. So much of life, it's a result of thoughts we think and words we speak. Um, le, since I haven't really told you, because I'm not planning on doing it publicly, but uh, let me tell you about my sabbatical. Uh, if you don't know what a sabbatical is, it's basically just like it's time off to rest and pray and ask God to help you. Um, I did a lot of that. God, please help me. Um, I thought that was funny. Nobody else did. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but uh, but but the 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 very, the very first week of my sabbatical, um, I felt like God was just dropping me hints. You ever felt like? Like, you don't really know exactly what, what it is, but you just, like, you're in these little hints. That's, it's like these little clues. And, and all week long, like Monday through, through Friday, I felt like God was saying, hey, what you're going through right now, 
It's right here. It's all right here. This, this scripture, it's a little bit out of context, although biblically you can kind of back it, but I'm just saying it's a little out of context. Uh, but Proverbs 23.7, you'll kind of see why it's out of context. Proverbs 23.7 says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The, the context is, Proverbs is going, hey, like, um, don't hang out with stingy people who are nice on the inside but mean on the inside, or nice on the outside but mean on the inside. And, and that's the context, but, but the principle of this first little thought is what, is what got me. And, and this first little part of the verse, just, it just kept on just ringing in my heart. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And I felt like God just kept on reminding me, Brandon, as you think in your heart, so you are. What you think about yourself what you think about your situation, what you think about the circumstance, what you, as you think in your heart, so you are. And something occurred to me. You, 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 you'll, you'll, you'll never guess. Um, I realized that the three weeks leading up to this time that I took to go pray and spend with God, that I got worse. And here, here's what occurred to me. As I was taking these three weeks to prepare to not be here for four weeks. And I'm meeting with people and talking with people and making sure everything's covered. And you know, what, you know, what, what are we doing for youth? What are we doing for Sunday mornings? And um, I had so many meetings with people to talk about my sabbatical. And all the meetings I had to talk about my sabbatical, part of the conversation, like, so like, why are you taking a sabbatical? What's going on? Here's what occurred to me. As for the last three weeks, I have at an increased rate talked about and thought about the fact that I'm not doing well. I have increasingly begun to not do well. And I find, found myself at the very start of this time away to, to be with God, not doing well at all. And, and the Lord reminded me, or showed, hey, Brandon, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So much of the battle that we are in, it is a battle of thinking. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. It says, death, someone say death. Death, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Did you know that your words actually shape your world? Well, here's what I don't mean. I don't mean you could be like, oh, for, for real? Damn, I'm gonna go home tonight and be like, Ferrari, Ferrari. Million dollar bills, y'all. But like, I, I, like, it's not like, you know, just say, if you'll, if you'll just sit, that's not what I mean. What, what I mean is how, how you talk, it shapes the way you think about the world. Yeah. It shapes your perception of the world. It, it shapes the way you experience, the, it shapes the life that you live. The Bible goes, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Do, 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 do you know what I know? because I've lived it, but also because um, I've been doing youth for a long time. And for a 35-year-old man, I spent a lot of time with high schoolers and middle schoolers. Um, <clears throat> we're not very good at thinking and talking positively. We, I mean, and I, don't, I don't want to be dramatic, and so I won't think of examples, but like we talk so negatively. We talk so pessimistically. We talk so sarcastically. We think about and we view life and the world and always from this negative bent. And can I tell you that the Bible teaches us principally, as you think in your heart and as you speak with your mouth, you experience in your 
in, in your life. See, one of the keys to being able to live a life that is full of peace and joy and contentment consistently, no matter what, it's, it's having thoughts and words that are aligned with what the Bible says. I'm going to give you this, this, this third thought. Um, because you might say, okay, well then how, how do I do this? Here's what you need to know. That Jesus has given us authority. Someone say authority. authority. To stand up to speak to the storm and experience a great calm. Now, th- th- this is twofold. We're going to major on one, but we'll minor on the other one. I want you to know tonight that as a follower of Jesus, I don't care how spiritual or unspiritual you feel you are, as a follower of Jesus, Jesus has given you authority. So here's what that means. You've been given the authority in his name, to, to be able to speak to sickness and say, in Jesus' name, be healed. You, you've been given authority in Jesus' name to speak to things and environments. That you, this, this is dark and say, in Jesus' name, whatever this spirit is, I command you to leave. Like, like we've actually been given authority in prayer to not call oh God. Oh God, I just, oh man. Oh bother, oh boy, God, okay, let's... Center, center, center. Okay, okay, okay. God, I'm just praying. Just like, please, I hope that one day maybe, Billy, you've been given authority. Do do, do you ever hear Jesus pray like that? Just out of curiosity. Like, show me the scripture where it's like, Jesus, we've brought you our child. They're about to die. And he's like, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, 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 okay. Um, God, if you're up there, if you're listening, if you're not too busy with Gabriel, I know you and him hang out a lot. Um, just, just guys, just brace yourself for whatever happens. If it be your will today, please, uh, never, ever. But, but so many of so many of our prayers, they maybe they don't sound like that, but they feel like that. This like just blown out a birthday candle. Hope it happens. You've been given authority. And just like Jesus wakes up, I, I don't know, I was like gonna lay, I'm like, I'm not gonna lay right here. Why was, I, why was I coming back here? Just like he wakes up and goes to the front of the boat and goes, peace be still. There are things in our life that we have the authority to speak to and go, because my Bible says that he died on a cross and he bore stripes on his back to pay for my healing in Jesus' name, be healed. We have that authority. And in the same way, someone say same way. way. You have authority to do that to what's happening on the inside. I'm going to give you you a couple of verses. Actually, I'll give you one and then I'll I'll tell you to write down the other one because we don't have time to read it. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Paul writes and he goes, for even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons, someone say weapons. Weapons. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but listen, they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, for casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, listen to this last part, bringing every thought into captivity. 
One translation says, to make it obedient to Christ. Like, I, I don't have the authority over other people's kids. Oh, God, I wish I did sometimes. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in public. Well, you can't, you're not a parent, so you can't say it. I can say it because I'm a parent. But I've, I've been in public before, and I've been, like, watching kids go crazy and be like, man, I, I don't even know if people believe in this anymore, but that kid needs a spanking. Like, that, he, he needs a belt, not a hand. Like, like what's... I, I, I can't walk over and go, I know you're his mother, but let me just... just you... Oh, this is Red Bull, buddy. This is where we sit down. This is where we eat Chinese food, not act crazy. I, I, it's not, it's not my, my kid. We treat our thoughts so often. Nothing I can do. But, but when it comes to my children, because as their, as their father, I have authority, I can go, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, Graham, Graham, come here, come here. Hey, sit down, bro. Sit down. We're not going to run circles around the restaurant and do spitballs at people's face, okay? That's not, no, 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 no. Sit back down, bro. Your, your thoughts, you have authority over. And even though in life we can't calm every storm because we're in storms that involve other people, other things, you have the authority all day, every day to speak to your thoughts and speak to your emotions and go, no, 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 bro. No, 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 I'm taking you captive. I'm sitting you on the bench, bro. And I'm making you obey Christ. I, I know you want me to start thinking like I'm never going to make it. And I'm never getting into that college because I'm not doing well in this class. And I'll ne- You need to sit down, bro. Because my Bible says that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. And because my Bible says in Psalm 75, verse 5 through 7, that people should not get prideful because God is still the one who opens doors. And if God wants me to get into that university, God can open a door that no man can shut. So you sit down for a second, bro, because I'm not losing sleep tonight, worrying and being stressed that I'm not going to get into that school and that I'm not going to get a job and then I'm going to be homeless and then I'm going to be begging for food and then, and, and then I'm going to get lice and like all of a sudden like you're, like you're, you're in the middle of the city somewhere with lice. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that tonight. I'm not going down that trail. We have authority over, and the Bible goes, even though we're walking in the flesh, so much of the battle is not on the outside, it's on the inside. And we have to learn to take the weapons that we've been given. We, we're not going to go there, but if you'll write down in your notes, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, verse 10 through 17. What you'll find is Paul writing about our spiritual weaponry, the armor we have. And he goes, be strong and mighty in God. Put on all the spiritual armor you got. And he says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the Word of God. One of the offensive weapons we have is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Bible, some will say the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible is a weapon. And Paul goes, let's read it one more time. Go to 2 Corinthians 
10, 3 through 5, we'll read it one more time. Paul goes, even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons, for the word of God, the promises of God, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds are things that have built themselves up in your mind, that, that they become like permanent structures, that the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for pulling down what's trying to be a permanent way of thinking in your mind that's causing you to be anxious and worried and fearful perpetually. And every high thing, every spirit and thought that exalts itself against what God says, no, you can bring it into captivity and make it obey Jesus. See, every storm we can't calm on the outside. Oh, we, we, man, we, we live in a world where so much of the storms we, we face, like it's people and things we can't control. But every storm that's raging on the inside tonight, you actually have authority over. Your thoughts, they're kind of like your kids. You have the ability to say, no, 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 no. I'm not thinking like this. We won't read it again, but what did Paul say? He goes, you know, guys, we're not giving up. We're not quitting. We're not discouraged. Even though the outside hasn't changed, where do you go? The inward man is what being renewed every day. It makes me think of Romans chapter 12 where Paul says, you could change your whole life, bro, if you'd renew your mind. That word renew means to wash, to cleanse. It means to take a hose, the water of God's word and just... There's a lot of junk in here, bro. I'm just, I'm cleaning it out. I'm, I'm renewing it. So that's why we make a big deal about doing our daily devos, about spending time in God's word, about memorizing scripture and getting it in our heart. And I, I, honestly, it's why we have the podcast. Like we don't talk about the podcast a lot because who wants to go say, you should listen to me preach. Like that's weird. But, but can I tell you that many sermons I listen to Five, six, seven, ten, like I'll, I'll listen to a sermon all week. Why? Because I'm, I'm renewing my mind to something. And you don't always get it the first time. You, you don't journal at one time and go, wow, I'm changed forever. Praise God. Often it's like, no, this is, man, this scripture is changing me right now. And so I'm going to read it and meditate on it and think about it and allow it to, to renew my mind continually. See, we, we got to learn that like we can't be controlled by our thoughts anymore. The thoughts you think and the words you speak, they kind of shape the world you live in. And peace is possible if we will go, no, 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 what's happening on the outside doesn't have to affect the inside. I can live in perfect peace because I have a God who loves me. He is my father. He's given me all of these promises. They, they belong to me. And he's given me authority to speak to some storms on the outside, but to speak to every storm on the inside. Take every thought and go, no, 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 no. That's not what God says. You are such a loser, man. No, 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 no. That's not what God says. You have no worth and you have no value. No, that's not, that's not what God says. Hey, hey, you, you, you do know this, this is hereditary, and just like they got it, you're going to get it and you're going to die. No, 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 that, that's no, that's, that's not what God says. Hey, hey, you do know if you go down this route, man, you're never going to make money, right? 
You do know you'll never be successful. No, 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 no. That's not what God says. I'm taking that thought. You're going to sit down, bro. You're going to sit right here, and I'm going to make you obey Christ. Who who are you? who, Who am I? I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. I've been given authority in this place, in my mind, in in my inner being. So I have all the authority to say, you're going to sit down, you're going to shut up, and you're going to obey what Jesus says. By the way, this is like, this this is the fight of faith. This is not a one-time thing. This is like a decision we make to go, nope, that's how I'm living. Like, I'm I'm not going to allow my thoughts to control me. This is so not the point. And I'm going to tell you this and then we'll read one more scripture and we're, we're going to be done and we're going to pray together. Um, but you, you'll never make good decisions. You'll never make godly decisions in fear. There's a couple examples that off the top of my head. Um, do, 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 do you remember the story of the Red Sea parting of Moses? You ever seen the Prince of Egypt? Like what a, what a boss movie, man. But, but, but you know how that all started, right? There was this guy, Pharaoh, and he goes, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. All these, all these Israelites, oh boy, oh boy. Oh, the, all, all the Israelites, they keep having babies, man. There's like, there's so many of them now. Pretty soon they're going to outnumber us, and they're, they're going to revolt, and they're going to kill us all. And the Bible goes, he, he got in fear. So you know what he did? He said, all right, all right I know what we're going to do. Kill all the babies. Who murders innocent children? Who, who makes a decree that all the babies will... Someone who, who, who's in fear. King, King Saul is another one I think of. He was so afraid that David would take his place that he went mad. He went crazy. He, he spent all the resources of, of Israel to hunt down this godly man and try to kill him. Who won't, you never make good decisions when you're in fear. Like, like I, I know someone right now, they are making bad decisions. Not like, like they're not like, you know, doing like immoral stuff, but they're just, they're just making like, ah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't, because right now they're running going, if I don't do something, if I don't make a move, if, if, I, if I don't do something, then, then, then I'm going to wake up one day and my whole life's going to pass me by and I'm not going to amount to anything. And, and they're afraid of failure in life. So they are, they're doing everything they can to try to figure it out. And, and because they're in fear, they're, making, they're just missing it left. And you won't make good decisions. You won't be able to follow God on a straight path and walk righteously, uprightly, with integrity and character if you're bound by fear. and anxiety. You just won't do it. Because fear cripples our decision-making ability. And we start doing things and saying things that we never, we never thought we would. But, but I have to because the peace of God is a promise. It's the will of God. And it is possible. If you and I will start acting a little more like my little Betty Rose. Going, you're not going to control me. No, you thought you will not run my life anymore. I've been given authority. I've been given God's word. I, I, I got power and I got weapons. You're going to sit down and 
and you're going to obey Jesus, and you're, and you're, you're going to stay right there while I live in perfect peace. I want to read this last scripture to you. 2 Timothy 1.7. Matter of fact, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to have all of us say it together. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. If you want a scripture to memorize, I'd encourage you to memorize this one. Put it in your pocket and carry it with you all day long. God has not given me a spirit of fear. No, God has put his spirit in me and he's not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of power. Oh man, like I have authority and power in Christ. He's given me a spirit of love. I am loved by God. I am consumed by the love of a father who's committed to me and he's given us a spirit of, a, I love it, a sound mind. Oh man, I'm good. My mind and my heart, they're at, they're at peace. I want to do this together and then we're going to pray. Um, I don't know if we can do this and like make it work because I don't do this a lot. I don't know how to do it. Um, But I I want us to all read this together. And so I'll just go three, two, one, and we're going to read it together. Um, But but, but I want want you to read it tonight because I, I want you to hear yourself say this over yourself. We might read it once, we might read it twice, but let's just do this together. Three, two, one, read. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. One more time. Let's read this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Would you close your eyes? God, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus for every single person that is here. God, I'm aware there are some who are here tonight that they are in the windiest fiercest storm they've ever been in. They're, 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 they're living in the midst of wind and waves all around them. They're fearful. They're worried. They're hurt. And God, I pray over them tonight in the name of Jesus that they would experience a great calm that only God can bring that your love would overwhelm them, it would consume them, and Jesus, you would reveal to them they have authority and power to take every thought captive trying to dominate their thinking, to make it obey what Jesus says, and to live in the peace of God. Lord, I pray for everyone in here tonight that if we're just being honest, we just struggle. We, we struggle with negative thinking. We struggle with negative words. The thoughts we think about ourselves and about our future, the words we, they're, they're, they're consumed with pessimism and fear and doubt. And oh, oh, God, I pray that you would help those people tonight to turn that ship around and say, no, I'm gonna begin to think thoughts that are in line with God's word. I'm gonna begin to speak words that are in line with God's word. And I'm gonna begin to live in the peace of God. Lord, I pray this little short two-part series, Peace Be Still, that it would become something that would be a revelation to us and we would live in the peace of God in Jesus' name. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.